Praise the Lord. Aren't we grateful for that tonight? Thank you, Brother Jordan. What a blessing it is to be under the protection of his wings in this hour we live in. Remember the Darrell was just talking about before I came out. It's a prophet whenever he was here in his day was talking about the world groping in insanity. Can you imagine what he'd say now about how dark it is and the spiritual condition of the world and our natural state of our, our nation and the nations of the world? Come, Lord Jesus, is what I say. Let's uh, <clears throat> turn to that, if you would, to Numbers chapter 1, verse 52. Remember the uh, youth meetings that will be going on this weekend, Brother Matt Watkins, and um, <clears throat> just looking for the Lord to come in a special way. Did you all announce it already? Did announce it? Okay. Um, <clears throat> not only for the youth, of course, but Brother Matt will be speaking to the, to the whole church on Sunday, so we're looking forward to that as well. Always appreciate it. Brother Matt's ministry. Numbers chapter 1, verse 52. How many believes it's important to find your position? Your position in Christ, of course, and then your position in the the body, um, your position in the home. We know it's a very important thing to God. Many people don't put much relevance on it. They just do whatever and whenever and however, but our God has always been a God of order, divine order. That's what we want. And I've said it before and I'll say it again tonight, probably say it many times as we go on. We're so against organization, if we're not careful, we'll be against organism and divine order. And if you don't think the prophet taught divine order, type it in and you'll find out. The Bible is filled with it. That's not the same thing as organization. There's a difference in man organizing something and God setting it up by his word. I was looking at it today where Paul had told the believers in the first church age to be followers of him. He mentioned it several times and he also told them to be followers of the churches. So I just clicked on that. Y'all think I'm really smart. I ain't really too smart. I just click and get the meanings of them words. <laughs> so I just clicked on that, and it took me straight to the Greek lexicon. And the meaning of the word was, to be a follower of him, was to be an imitator. An imitator. Come here. You. You. I want you to imitate me. I want you not to. Do something different. Now, which one looks like me? Neither one of them look exactly like this thing, that's for sure. But which one is imitating me? You choose. So what about preachers then? If we've got one that's saying what the Bible said and one what the prophet said, then we've got one that ain't. Thank you, brothers. So we want to be imitators of Christ, right? 
Now watch this, Numbers chapter 1, verse 52. And the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, every man by his own camp, every man by his own standard, throughout the host. Chapter 2, verse 2. Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of his father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, which is Ruach, Ruach, spirit of the Lord, shall lift up a standard against him. So the enemy comes in, and when he does, then the Spirit of God lifts up a standard, which is an ensign. What is it? A flag. It's an identification, a message, if you will. It's so you know where to stand. So the enemy comes in like a flood. And whenever he does, God raises up a sign, and the elect of God are looking, 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 like everybody else is looking, looking. Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? And God raises up the flag and said, this is the box of the hour. This is the anointing you're supposed to live by, walk by, talk by, in an hour age, be raptured by. Joel chapter 2, verse 7. They shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march every one on his ways. Now remember, this is a prophecy of the last days of the army of God. And they shall not break their ranks. So if this is a prophecy, what do you figure the devil's going to do? Try to get us as the people of God to break that prophecy, right? Now, see, this is not making that you, oh, I, I've just, there ain't no God. I, I've just made up my mind there ain't no God. No, that's not people like that. It's simply just to try to talk them out of the will of God for their life. And then they will break the rank. So God predetermines and preassigns your rank. And then Satan will do his best to pull you out of it. How many like to be remembered tonight as we pray? Let's just hold our needs, our requests, and our heart before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the ensign that's been raised in every age. We're grateful for those ensigns in the past. We're grateful for the ensigns that will be raised during the time of the tribulation period. For it will be a gathering again of your people, not your bride. Lord, are we so grateful in this day that you have sent an anointing, an ensign, an insignia that we might be able to be identified with it. Help us tonight, Father, that each of us can, each and every individual, men, women, boys, girls, no matter who we are, what our age, what our color, ethnicity, help us, Father, to be more determined than ever before to find our place, and to war in that place. And not let no devils, our mama, our daddy, no preacher, no prophets, no prophesiers, or nobody else, get us out of that place in Christ Jesus. Granted, Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat>
I'd like to go back to that <clears throat> that I read to you last Wednesday night from the fifth seal. Now, the prophet has a little box there where people would give prayer requests and prayer calls and things like that. And he says, I'm going to set this box up here to represent that. And what he's talking about is that God would release a certain anointing in every day. <clears throat> and the people of the day, the elect of God, could only operate under that anointing that God gave to them. And he gives us the four powers that was released from the book of Revelation, of course. And the first one was influenced by the very life of Christ himself, which was the line of the tribe of Judah. And then we had the ox or a a sacrificial uh, beast. And then we had the face of a man. And then we had a flying eagle. I'm sure that all of you all already know it, but three out of those four are earthbound. The lion, earthbound. The ox, earthbound. The man, earthbound. And the fourth was a flying eagle. Was the anointing that Paul and the first church age operated under tremendous, absolutely tremendous anointing. But it could not produce a rapture. Now think of it. None of them in the first church age took a rapture. There was not a rapture message. It was a church message, a birth message, baptism of the Holy Ghost message, but it was also a burial message, a burial of the seed of God that was going to be crushed and going to die out in the alpha stage, and then it would bring a resurrection. So none of them had a rapture. Even the beloved apostle Paul, which was able to go into the third heavens, hear things that was not lawful for him to utter, tell the saints when he come back. But yet he did not have a rapture. He went by the way of the grave and is there, of course, to this day in the sixth dimension waiting for the resurrection. Then we move from that anointing to the ox anointing. Not one of them had a rapture. There was not a church in that anointing that had a rapture. Move from there to the man anointing, which come right up and joined into ours. Not one of them had a rapture. Not a one of them churches was caught out. But prophecy says that there will in the last days be those who will have a rapture. Now listen, there have been those, of course, that have lived under the eagle anointing, and many of them have also died. Many of them have come to the spot to where their life was terminated, as we know, but they lived their life, walked their life, and believed the light of the day under the message of the hour. And they were partakers in that their souls were already quickened. Now remember, the token was not in the middle church ages. The token was not under the man anointing. The token was not under the ox anointing. But the token was to return in the last day, in the evening time. Remember the prophet says it himself, it's evening time for me, it's evening time for you. When? When the token is to return in its fullness. Now, did they have a portion of the Spirit of God? They did. Lucifer had a portion of the Spirit of God, but he didn't have enough to help him lay down his po- his pipe. Neither did they have enough to quit drinking their beer. Come on now. 
but yet there was a fullness that was going to return in the last day. Now, under that anointing, it will be some of the same things. Remember, God can never give a revelation and then send somebody else with another revelation contrary to that one. God can send a revelation and then God will add more to that revelation. And as the prophet says it in the church age book, it will simply be more information about the same thing. But it will not be contrary. You know that. God cannot say one thing and then say something else. So God would not send a prophet in this day and send me or any other man and that would say something the exact opposite of what that prophet said. Absolutely not. He might send other men and they'll be gifted in other ways and they might make it, you know, in an evangelistic way or in a teacher way, but they'll not say one thing contrary and be led of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost has one mind. And the church said, so what is then this anointing in the last day? So what is released to us in order to bring it to pass? Now he goes on to say, now he'll prove it to you by the history of the church and by the opening of those seals and the powers that let loose. Watch exactly the church responded to the anointing and they couldn't do nothing else. So now think of people that are still operating and we've got millions of them that are still operating under the man anointing. So they will take the word and they study it and they, oh my, that they do a great job with it while they can write Christian books. Christian bookstores are full of books written by Christian authors. And they approach the gospel from what view? Not from the flying eagle, but from the man. So they bring it from the psychological side. And they will got Christian therapists and Christian this and Christian that on how to love your wife and how to be a better man, how to do this. What's it all dealing with? The mind. To try to be able to, you know, a psychoanalysis to whether they can be able to set you down. I know your problem is this. You know, you had these issues when you were a child. And this is what made you this way. Let's talk about it and let's bring it out. And that'll help you deal with it better. No, a lot of times it's a spirit. It ain't got nothing to do with just that. And you read them books and you say, oh, I'm a better man. I'm a better man. And you still don't have the power to be able to overcome sin. Why? Because it's working on the mind again. And what's sad about it is, friends, we've got message preachers that have done exactly the same thing. And they're still doing the same thing to this very day to try to take the message and change it. Just modify it a little bit. Just whitewash it a little bit. You know, we, we can preach the message without mentioning where we got it. Oh, why in the world would you want to do that? You know, Paul told Timothy, he said, don't be ashamed of the gospel and don't be ashamed of me, his messenger. What in the world is the matter with a preacher that ain't got enough guts to stand up and tell where he's getting what he's preaching? I call that a chicken. I said, I call that a chicken. I knew them guys back in Pentecost. But a real anointed servant of God is not ashamed to tell of where he's feeding because he knows he's going to stand to be identified with that prophet messenger of the age. Now, do I thank God for the man anointing? I do. I appreciate it with all my heart. I've been privileged by the grace of God to operate under two phases of the anointing. And that is, I was called under the man anointing. 
I preached under the man anointing. I lived under the man anointing. So, and by doing that, I used to despise those years that I spent under that man anointing. I did. I despised it. I thought it was a waste of time. But as I went on, I realized the Lord allowed me to be under that man anointing. So whenever I come to the eagle anointing, and when the man anointing started penetrating around the eagle anointing, I would be able to look back and say, I've already been in that, and I don't want to repeat of that myself. I've done been there and done that, and I know what that produces. Come on. But you see, some of the message people never were really in Pentecost. So someone could come in with the Pentecostal anointing, and they wouldn't even know it. They could start doing things that I'd done at Pentecost when I was a boy preacher and they wouldn't even know it at all. They wouldn't even know it and they just swallow it right down and think, well, glory be to God. My, this, here it goes. It's a bride's revival. How many of them have we had anyway? How many bride revivals have we had? And every one of them points back to a man who come up with the idea. Well, that tells me enough right there. It ain't the bride's revival because the bride's revival comes from heaven. It don't come from New York. It don't come from Johnson City. It don't come from Virginia. It don't come from Louisiana or Canada or come on somebody or Nigeria. It didn't originate in Jeffersonville. It originated in the streets of gold. There you go. But now watch what Satan will do. Again, to try to get the army of God to break their ranks. To break their ranks. Now, you see, if he cannot get you to belittle what you are, then he'll try to get you to overshoot what you are. It makes him no difference. Whichever works for you is what he's happy with. So for some, they, you know, they feel like they're never really used that much. And we know how it is. For some people, position means everything to them. I've seen people that would trade off eating a seven-course meal for eating out of a garbage can because the garbage can offered them a position. And yet, sitting there feeding on a seven-course meal, they might not be used near as much. But to them, what really matters is position anyway. Well, let me tell you something. When you go to talking like that, you're talking the devil's talk. Can you imagine Lucifer, the bright shining angel that he was, and he forfeited being the right-hand man of God, the right-hand man of fellowship, The angel or the cherub who stopped the approach. So any angels that would come up to the throne of God, they had to come up to Lucifer first. That's his original name. Daybringer, light star, all that. So the angels would have to come up to Lucifer. And Lucifer then would inquire of them, what seek ye of the master? What do you want? He was the anointed cherub and God said him so. And he traded all of that to become what we know today as the devil. Can you imagine that a being would trade all that he was to become the devil, which is, my goodness, an object that we have heard about our entire life that is going to be destroyed. And yet that angel, Satan, was the greatest person in heaven outside of God himself. 
was given great traits and characteristics. And the only angel that was given God-like traits, except he was not a creator. He was more of the divine nature, more of the divine traits and characteristics. But he could not stand being second place in heaven. Now, you watch then, so when Satan will begin to move on people, men, women, boys, girls, whatever it is, and try to get them to craving after a position or something that God himself maybe has not called them to do, but they're convinced that God has. But you see, we know the way that God deals in his divine protocol And that is that God deals with his creature in the way that he's made him. So the prophet said a man that claims that he's called to be a pastor. Well, he said a pastor cannot be a flighty type of person. And he said if a man claims he's called to be a teacher, watch how he interprets the word. So if a man claims he's called to be a gospel preacher, gospel teacher, and he will say, well, we don't, we don't need that, 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 that end time message stuff. Well, I'll let you know right there, that man ain't really called of God. Why? Watch how he interprets the word. Well, if he goes to reading in there and he reads the Bible and he comes out with three gods, well, you know, right there he's not called to be able to interpret the word because God gifts him according to what he's claimed that he's called to be. So, and how do we judge it then by apostolic order? Now, some people, as I said, they're so against, uh, you know, the organization and all that, and they don't even study the scriptures close enough to realize that the framework of Satan's Antichrist move of organization was stolen from the passages of the very Bible they hold in their lap. Uh huh. What's this in the Ephesian church age? This is from the church age book, page 66. Thus, what the church was as Pentecost is the standard. Now, in other words, this, the word standard here is one of the same words that was used in the Old Testament that we just read there in the book of Numbers by his own standard or by his own insignia. So here the same thing is used in the New Testament. The prophet uses it. So the Pentecostal church is the standard. Now, what kind of church was it? A church that was born of the Spirit of God They did not have church membership. You did not join it. You were born into it. You did not get into it because you was a man of wealth. And because you was a wealthy person, they gave you a position in the church. That's not the way they done it. But they actually, they were led by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Ghost would tell them, separate me, Paul and Barnabas. So there was none of this stuff. Well, there's brother so-and-so back there. He's quite wealthy. So let's make him a, a, a position in the church. And as long as, you know, we do that, we'll, we'll kind of appease him. And, uh, and he'll, he'll, he'll all the time contribute a whole lot to the church. Yeah. And every one of them guys come with an agenda too. And then you cross them and they'll pull their money from you. And then you're led by businessmen. Instead of being led by the Holy Ghost. Come on, Brother Donnie, preach. Well, you see, that is the standard. So then when you see a church that is being formed 
And you watch the pastor and you watch the, the people in position and they go to picking people and giving them positions because they know the makeup of that man and that man and that man and they know if he don't get a position, he won't stay. Now, I, I know, friend, I know you don't even want to hear this, but I'm, I've got to tell you, there's pastors in this message that study by psychology. They study people's makeup well enough to know When a man wants and needs a position. And they will give him one. If they can pull him from another church that is. And in order to let him do this and that and the other. And then people will fall right in for it. Come on brother Dunn. And then we claim we're apostolic. Well I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll apologize for tonight's sermon. If you show me that in the Bible. And if I can show you where it ain't, you need to apologize to me after the service is over for thinking what you just thought. Praise the Lord. Now, are we apostolic or do we just think we are? Now, what? So here is the standard, the church at Pentecost. There is no other pattern, no matter what scholars say. God has not changed the pattern. What God did at Pentecost... He has to keep on doing until the church ages close. How many of Word of Life believes this quote? Well, I'd like to know why some people think God's changed the pattern. We got folks around this message that don't even believe in preachers. Well, God has to change the pattern then. Somehow they think the end time is just push and play and obey. You show me that quote. That ain't a quote, Brother Bram said. That's something somebody made up. It might make a nice cliche, but it's not in the teachings of the Word of God. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Look again, say amen, say ouch, or at least seek him or something. So I know you're listening to me. Now notice what God did at Pentecost. He has to keep on doing until the church age is closed. How many believes the church age is still ongoing? And the lead of sin age will close with the rapture of the body change. Now what's this in page 67? The promise of the power with which the apostles were endued at Pentecost is to you Jews and your children Jews and to all them afar off Gentiles to as many as the Lord our God shall call both Jew and Gentile until he stops calling. The Pentecostal message and power will not Now, when preachers try to take quotes from the same message and make it sound like Brother Branham was against Pentecost, I wonder what they're led by. Well, come on now. Remember, the prophet was a great balancer. And if he would be at Jack Moore's, he would say certain things. If he'd be among the brethren out there in Arkansas in 1963, and you hear him preaching on once more, and then you hear him go back to the tabernacle and describe them services. Now, he said, some of you all were there. He said, that group of people was leaning in a certain way. And God led me to try to pull them out of that direction. 
Now you see, that's where preachers have got to be so careful. When we go to pulling quotes together and to make sure that we're following the continuity of the Spirit of God. Because you can pull a quote here and one there and one somewhere else. And you put them together. Glory to God, I'm saying exactly what the prophet said. You mean you're you're saying exactly what the prophet said in them three places. That don't mean that's all he said about that certain subject. So they got people saying, well, we're beyond Pentecost. And we don't need that no more. Well, I'm afraid we've got an issue right here then. Because that same prophet also said that it will not cease. The Pentecostal message and power will not cease. And word of life said... Notice again, what the church had at Pentecost is her, I love this quote, inalienable right. Here we go, the bride's rights. It is our right. Well, I want them. I said I want them. It is, oh, hallelujah. It is our rights. Notice what the church had at Pentecost is her inalienable right. Originally, she had the pure word of God. She had the power of the Spirit manifested in diverse signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. And yet, if we see that today in some message churches, then you are laughed at, you are ridiculed. Do you understand some of our services, portions of them, are played in certain message churches and are played to be ridiculed? Brother Louis took of certain little clips and certain clips of our songs and other churches that are played before congregations. And we are used as an example to prove Pentecost. Well, they use it to shame us. I count it a great honor. I count it an honor to be identified with people that still believe in Acts 2.38, Acts 2.4, Mark 16. Come on, somebody. I'm glad to be identified with a group of people that believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still heals the sick. He still saves the lost. He still baptizes with the Holy Ghost. That original church was not organized by men. It was led by the Holy Ghost. It wasn't very big. It was hated and despised. It was oppressed. It was persecuted unto death. But it was true to God. It stayed with the original word, oh glory, pattern. How many believes it? How many wants our church to be exactly the same way? Well, tell me how it is. Now, my wife is a seamstress. Her grandmother taught her to first sew, and she was, what, three years old, something like that? She set Carol up on her lap, and she had one of them old them pedal machines. You sisters understand what I'm talking about. And she would, she Carol's feet, of course, couldn't even reach it. So her grandmother would sit there and pedal the thing, and she would show Carol how to turn a seam and sew. She's an absolute beautiful seamstress of what she can do. And I've helped her before on our bar whenever she'd lay out something and she'd make a pattern. And she'd take and maybe she'd got patterns that she's used for years. Find a good skirt because we're the skirt church. 
I'd have a skirt pattern and use the same pattern. Well, wouldn't it be really odd if she laid out that pattern and cut a skirt size six and she did that for the first year and then two years later she made another out of the same pattern. Three years later, four years later, five years later and then 15 years later she lays out that same pattern and I hear out walks my wife with a dress instead of being down here is way up here. And I said, Carol Jean, what in the world are you doing? Why, Donnie, this was made from the same pattern that you bought me. It's McCall's number 6307. Don't you remember you bought it down there in Somerset, Kentucky at that fabric store? Well, no, I may not remember that. But you're trying to tell me it's the same pattern as that one that you made the skirt off of two years ago, five years ago? You understand where I'm going, don't you? If it's the same pattern laid out on the same type of people, won't it do the same stuff? Won't it act the same way? Won't they believe the same stuff, Brother Jack? If we get the pattern and we lay it out on the same type of fabric, it will produce what? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The unchanging God with unchanging ways. We can go back to the beginning and see the first and perfect act of God. Then judge by that standard. Praise the Lord. That is how it is done. So let's just be honest. It makes no difference how big our church is. Makes no difference how nice the carpet is. How nice everything looks. That's not what God's going by. If our lives don't match the pattern of them acts to Christians, we'll miss the rapture as sure as there's a God in heaven. Amen. Oh, I, I, but Brother Donnie, I believe God sent a prophet. Oh, you got to believe that. Plus, you got to believe what that prophet said will produce a holy life. Is that right? Now notice that is how it's done. The true church will always try to be like the original Did you say that out loud? Well, my goodness. Are you a Pentecostal? Don't tell me we've got Pentecostals in here tonight. Lord have mercy. You mean the true church will try to be like that original church. So if Paul went, they won't be going... If Paul preached women ought to have long hair, then what do you figure preachers of today is going to preach? I'll tell you what some of them's going to preach. Nothing. They ain't even going to mention it. No, they're not going to mention it. Well, I'm afraid I'll run people off. How do you know that ain't the very thing that'll bring them to the Lord God? I listened to the testimony of a young man a while back. This brother had been backslid, away from the Lord. He got in a real nervous state. And he said, God, I've got to have some help. I need help bad. He wasn't where he needed to be with the Lord at the time. So he didn't call the pastor. He didn't go to the church in the area where he was. 
But he went to a medical place. Not too far from where he lived. So he goes in there. He's tore all the pieces. His nerves is a bundle. You know just tied up in knots. He don't know what to do. Just got a lot of trauma in his life. He's sitting in there with his head down. The door opens. In walks a woman. With a pair of sandals on. He notices immediately. Her toenails ain't pink or green or purple. As he raises his head and he looks up at her and there stands this medical person in a dress. Long hair. (laughs) He told me the spirit of God. Oh, he knew what he needed to do anyway. But when he saw that example of the word walk into that office to be able to minister unto him she ministered unto him by her clothes before she ever wrote him a prescription hallelujah tonight that man that young man is sitting back in the church where he's needed to be all along back in fellowship and it wasn't a preacher standing there pointing his finger in his face it was not somebody prophesying over him it was a daughter of God with her long dress and her long hair hallelujah why a life lived by the word is the word expressed sisters don't you let the devil intimidate you by the world you are a living testimony oh my and remember when the prophet was carried beyond the curtain of time he saw no women in pants Neither did he see any men in shorts. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I'll say it again if you wrinkled your nose too bad on me. <laughs> he didn't see no women in miniskirts on. There was no trans people there. The only trans people were transformed people. I believe in that kind of trans work. I believe in being transformed from a homosexual to a son or daughter of God. I've been transformed from a cigarette sucking drunk. Oh my, to a son of God so full of the Holy Ghost that the devil don't want nothing to do with you. The devil can't stand it because you're so much like Jesus. The true church of today will try to approximate that early first one. The messengers to the churches have the same spirit of God in them and try to approximate the apostle Paul. They won't be exactly like it, but the true messengers will be the ones that come the closest to Paul. Who was free of all men, sold out to God, gave forth the word of God only, manifested the Holy Ghost. And power, none else would do. You have to work from the original. Is there anybody in this building tonight dumb enough to believe this 
was made from an apron of an elephant. You don't think so? Is there anybody here tonight lost your senses so much you can believe this was made from a pattern of blue jeans? Thank you. So what would you want to suggest to me tonight that this was made from the pattern of anyone? A Barbie dress. A clown outfit. What? Boy, your brothers are so vocal tonight. <laughs> so Brother Tom Horniak says that no doubt the way he's looking at this, this was made from a pattern of a handkerchief. How many of you all would agree with Brother Tom? Dear God, some of y'all didn't raise your hands. <laughs> so somebody please explain to me how that we are producing message churches, so-called message preachers, so-called messing Christians, so-called that make fun of people with the Holy Ghost. I know you don't understand it. But there is a move right now around us, friends, that's so against the move of God. They're scared to death of emotion. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm scared we're going to get in the flesh. <laughs> I've been in it all my life. I'm trying to get out of it. Oh, Lord, why, why in the world would you want to lead people back to Pentecost? I ain't leading them back to Pentecost. God's the one doing that. I ain't talking about 1906. I'm talking about that original. I realize what makes it hard is we've got two time frames called by the same name. There was no two Lutheran dispensations. There was no two Wesleyan dispensation. But we've got two called by the same name. The original Pentecost and then the restoration of gifts. And if we're not careful, we will merge the two together and try to put them under the original name. Thank you, Jesus. How are we going to judge it? Simple. By the word. Any spirit that will lead you away from one scripture is not the Holy Ghost. Any spirit... Is not of the Holy Ghost that won't lead you to God's Word. Now let's jump down a bit. He said you have to work from the original as like begets like. The true church will always be the one that tries to follow in the steps of her founders at Pentecost. Oh my goodness. So you mean we're going to have to follow some men? Wow, that sort of sounds like an army, don't it? Some of y'all was in the military, right? Some of y'all, I saw you raise your hands for Veterans Day and all that. We so appreciate your service. Thank you. So did they just send you all out there to do whatever y'all thought best? Go at her, boys. I'm going back to the house. It's dangerous out here. I'm leaving. Or did you have to follow orders? 
Now why do you say, glory to God, I'm going to get this organization. Hallelujah. They'll send your parts home in a box. Mm -hmm. Notice this. Let's take a little journey tonight. How many like to journey with me for a bit? You got some time, don't you? Now let's look at this New Testament church. Let's look at the founder now. Matthew 16, 18, this is the founder himself. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So truly, every church that you passed on your way to here tonight, Jesus did not build it. Every message church, Jesus did not build it. A lot of them are men built, just like organizations are. Just built by men. Out of jealousy or whatever more. I hope and pray by the grace of God, ours is built by Jesus Christ himself. If it isn't, it'll never endure. But the way we can check it is, our foundation, our motives, our objectives are lined up with God's word. So now Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. Notice Acts chapter 1 verse 1. Luke, of course, wrote this and he said, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken after he had through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now notice here's the man himself, the Lord Jesus who said, on this rock I will build my church. Then Jesus transfers the commandments unto the apostles. Notice Acts 1 and 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers So here the original church was built upon the doctrine of the apostles. Praise the Lord. And what was that doctrine? What did they teach? Repentance, baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. I've got a series I hope the Lord lets me preach to before we get raptured. If not, we won't worry about it anyway. But you know, we have folks for years saying they're leaving the message. So what I've been doing is taking by the scripture... And accumulating and proving by the scripture every doctrine that we believe in the message. New births by the scripture. Sanctification by the scripture. Baptism of the Holy Ghost by the scripture. Justification by faith by the scripture. Apostles doctrine by the scripture. And then when you come right down to it, so you say when you're leaving the message, what are you leaving? Justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, holiness, righteousness before God. On and on and on it goes. And it's true by a lot of them because you can see the way they dress when they leave it. That's what they leave behind. <clears throat> now watch in Ephesians 2.19 here Paul says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. You mean the Lord Jesus? 
is not the foundation. Hello? Are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So the chief cornerstone is laid upon the foundation. So what's the first building stone of the New Testament church? The beginning of that New Testament church is Jesus himself. Oh, hallelujah. Upon what? The the apostles and the prophet are the foundation. So from the Old Testament, the coupling together of the prophets of the Old Testament and the apostles of the New Testament, then what did they do? They laid upon that new dispensation, the foundation block, the first one, which was Jesus Christ himself. Praise God. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now this is apostolic doctrine. That the Holy Ghost is to live in each of our souls. And we are to become the very temple of God on the earth. And we are a temple that grows together and moves together and flows together in the direction of God. That's the way they moved. Can't you see why Satan loves contention among us? And if he can't cause you adults to argue with one another, he'll cause your kids to argue with one another, which in turns make you all argue because, of course, each one of you is going to take up for your kids. Because most of you, unlike me and Carol, Alicia and, and Erica, uh, we got just regular human beings for our kids and they need to be corrected and whooped and all that sort of thing. But I realize some of you had little angels which come down with little T-90 wings on their back. And they flew around their crib room, didn't they? Oh, you little darlings, you. Y'all, y'all was little youngins, they just flew around in the crib and they just coo, coo, angelic tongues, I reckon. Who you think you're fooling? Your children is as rotten as mine and mine was as rotten as yours. Was ever one born lost and on a way to hell. And we needed to be regenerated by the Spirit of God. Don't you go to putting a bunch of wings on the back of them young'uns and convincing them they don't need the Holy Ghost. You better tell them without the Holy Ghost they're lost. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Second Peter 3, 2, that you might be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment. Do you understand Peter's words is not a suggestion. Paul's epistles are not suggestions. They are the words of God. Praise the Lord. The commandment of us, the apostles. Wow, what a statement of our Lord and Savior. 
Now let's notice, how did this apostolic ministry, how did they work together? How did they do? Acts chapter 8 verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. What? So the apostles heard that Samaria had received the word of God and the apostles sent preachers? Now you see, if we're not careful, we're so against organization. We will deny our apostolic roots and breaking ranks from the original teaching of Scripture. Thinking we're standing on what's right. No. No. This is the original church. Well, I'm sorry y'all didn't know this was in your Bible. So you should spend more time in this book instead of on Facebook. (laughs) Oh, brother, no, that's only one scripture. That's because I'm just getting started. I got a lot more. Now notice in Samaria had received the word of God. They sent it to them, Peter and John. Peter and John. Peter and John were sent somewhere? Acts chapter 9 verse 26. When Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. If you and I had been living there, we would have been too. And believed not that he was a disciple. They had good reason not to, didn't they? But I want you to notice how God brought Paul in to be able to get influence among the people. Now, this is the church age messenger. Now, why do they say, glory to God, I feel that of the Lord. You bunch of serpent seed, if you don't want to receive me, that's up to you. Go to hell. I want you to notice how this man being a preacher. Now, you see, a preacher that can't be taught is not a real leader at all. He's a dictator. Now watch. But Barnabas took him. You mean to tell me that Paul, the church age messenger, submitted himself to a man of lesser understanding, less calling, Less degree as far as the presence of God was concerned. And let this lesser man introduce him that he could gain favor. But Barnabas took him and brought him. Oh no. To the apostles and declared unto them. How he had seen the Lord in the way. And that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus. You imagine now Paul the great orator, the prophet of God standing there just and just listening. Or Barnabas was saying, he's okay, brothers. Really, honestly, he's okay. The man got converted. I mean, God done this for him. God done that for him. Paul just standing Why didn't Paul say, I'm going and I'll tell you one thing. I'll go in and I'll show them I'm a man of God. That's not apostolic at all. You know, as I begin to study this, 
really kind of made me wonder how many message apostolic churches we got. <laughs> oh, my. Notice in Acts chapter 9, verse 28, when he was with them coming in and going out of Jerusalem, he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. And they weren't about to slay. Now, Paul was bold now. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Now, I wonder how many preachers in our church could follow this apostolic pattern. I wonder how many preachers in message churches. And we claim we're apostolic. Mm. Well, if you can't say amen, say, pray for me, brother. Acts chapter 11, verse 22. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. Well, now, wait a minute. I thought, I thought anybody, the church would send forth was nothing but organization. You haven't read your Bible enough. So you see, God has a divine order. And this is the divine part I'm reading to you tonight. And what did Satan do? He took that and tried to mimic it and make it organization and raise it up in front of some of the message people that's been around it and makes them despise even God's protocol. They think they're rebelling against organization when in reality they're rebelling against the very Bible that they hold in their hand when they stand up and preach and beat the pulpit with. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Y'all see me on the side of the road Friday. I will preach for food. <laughs> Notice in Acts 13, 1. Now there were in the church, which was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. Now, wait a minute. I, I thought the Bible said the, the prophets was under John. And then after John, there were no more prophets. Uh-huh. Shows you ain't called to preach. <laughs> Notice now. So there's certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas. And Simeon called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menin had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. They sent them away. Wow. So the Holy Ghost, what was it doing? From the church that God ordained out of that church is going to be birthed other works. Don't you understand one of the reasons God does this this way? Is to keep out false prophets. Keep out false shepherds. Keep out false evangelists, false teachers. If it didn't come from recommendation from the church of Jerusalem, the people wouldn't hear them. Oh, I can see why a lot of preachers don't want this protocol. It would show their wolfy hide. Well, come on, Brother Donnie. Hey, I I, I thought you folks believed the Bible. I'm sorry. 
Anybody got a Donald Duck cartoon book you want me to read from that? You'd rather me preach to you about Barbie? Do you want the word? Do you? Do you want the Bible? Mm. Oh my. Acts 14, 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. Confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church. I want somebody to stand right now, show me chapter and verse where any church in the New Testament was ever established just to give a preacher more places to preach in. That's not the apostolic pattern. As a matter of fact, a church was born, then a preacher was sent to it. Never the other way that a preacher goes in and people rally around a personality. Then it becomes a denomination around one man. <laughs> Whew. Boy, is it, is it, is it awful warming here tonight? <laughs> when they had ordained them and their elders and every church, so you mean actually from the church. Have you noticed in all these scriptures that we've read tonight, there's not one spot where this man or that man or that woman or this person did it because they felt Led. If it didn't come from the original church, it was not recognized as being from God. Hmm. Praise the Lord. So you see the ordination then of these ministers was an act not just by the man himself or the denominational board, but apostles, prophets, spirit-led men. A church wasn't started out of jealousy. Right? It was not started in competition or to bring division to the church at Jerusalem. Notice Titus chapter 1 verse 5. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things which are wanting. And ordain elders in every city. Now wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean this man right here is going to go out there and help the church get pastors? Now remember there's over 100 cities in the island of Crete. And Paul has started from the north and traveled south and evangelized the whole island. And before he could get pastors set in there, he had to leave and go somewhere else. So he sent Titus back with apostolic authority. And he told him, now I want you to go back because there's a lot of things lacking. There's no pastors here, there's no pastors there. Again. Where's these preachers raising up? I feel led to go here. I feel led to go over there. I feel led to go over here. Paul said, hey, before that gets started, Titus, you go. You go among the people. Now remember, he's not acting as a cardinal. 
He's not acting as some bishop or some kind of denomination or something. We know the way of God well enough to go and enough to know that Titus did not go in there as some sort of archbishop and go to hand-picking people. He must have got together with the elders and with the church and said, is there anybody here that feels the call of God? You know, he would have never left the teaching, Brother Joel, of that apostle Paul. He knew he could trust Titus. Oh, my. Now, this man was not even an apostle. Yeah. Now, I want you to notice, I I found this amazing looking at the scripture. He said that you might be able to set in order the things that are wanting. Now, that actually comes from a medical term, which means the setting of a crooked limb. So here was churches on down through them, that, them cities, one after another, after another, after another. But they didn't have no pastors. So Paul said, there's something lacking. Wonder why they didn't just write down Paul's books and just distribute books among them and just have somebody stand up and read the books. That way they'd get it straight from Paul's mouth. Paul said, it's a crooked limb. It's a crooked limb. I'll tell you what you need to do, Titus. You need to go in and set them. So Titus got to ah, set that limb. So he'd leave that one place to get an elder established. Come on down to the next. Come on down to the next. Come on down to the next. And wherever God sent a revival, notice what come first. It was not the preacher going in to build himself a little kingdom. It was the birth of a church under God called men, which were not kingdom builders, except the kingdom of Christ. And then after they left, then he sent another man in, which was not a kingdom builder. And the, the people caused the preacher to be called by God. Praise be to God. So then it was not the big mighty preacher standing up for glory to God. I done this and I done that and I done something else and man, I transformed this place. Uh-huh, you see where we're going, don't you? But what was it? That man was called on the scene because the bride in them cities, hallelujah, and the spirit of God moved on Paul and said, Paul, set these things in order. Set him up there to set an arm and set a leg and set a nose and this and that. Here come Titus down through there and ordaining the church would vote on it. The church would vote on it. It was not a diocese. Praise be to God. Titus chapter 1 verse 6. These are the type of men that Paul instructed Titus about. If any be blameless. unreprovable that cannot be called into account unaccused innocent of wrongdoing I don't know that I'll ever forget it as I was called to preach at a convention many years ago many many hundreds of people there the host pastor introduced me to a a preacher Back off the stage before church. He said, Brother Donnie, this is Brother So-and-so. I said, how you doing, brother? I don't think I've ever met you before. No, no, I've, I've, I've not been around that much. So, whenever I preached, the Lord laid on my heart to preach about Satan's ambition. So while I'm preaching, I turn around to this man. 
And I used the example that I used to you a while ago about Satan wanting to be, you know, next to God. So I had that man to stand up. I said, stand up, brother. I said, so it be like this brother right here. He got tired of being an associate here in this church and say he wants to build his own church or whatever. He wants to be a big guy in the message. I said, thank you, brother. So he sits back down. Sometime after that, I'm preaching in another city, many hundreds of miles away from that one. This man is there. He comes up to me after the service. How you doing, brother? Don't you remember me? I said, yes, sir, I do remember you. I remember what you preached up there. I said, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I want to tell you, me and some of the elders of the church there were fixing to split the church. I said, brother, why? Well, we don't like this and we don't like that. And you know, some of the elders have come to me and they, they, they want me to pastor. I said, I'd be very careful if I was you. That's a man of God. You're going to answer to God for that. Well, we, we, we feel ed and we're, we're going to, we're going to, okay. Well, he tells me this about two weeks before they got a set date. They've got this date set. They've already got a building rented. So I come home and I pondered over it, prayed about it and thought about it. I called a little short, dark headed <laughs> friend of mine. I see right off, there's no need to mention no names. I tell him the scenario. I said, what, 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 what would you do? Well, I'll tell you right now what I do. I knew he would tell me. <laughs> That's my little buddy. I'll tell you one thing. If Brother Darrell Ward or anybody at your church was going to do that to you, I would certainly tell you. Well, I said, that's kind of what I was thinking, but I, I, I didn't want to cause no trouble. Cause trouble? Well, look at the trouble it's fixing to cause if you don't tell them. So I called the brother, make small talk. How you been doing, brother? Been a while since I talked to you. Oh, doing good, brother. How you doing? Doing good. How, how's the church? Doing? Oh, doing good. I'll tell you what. I said, how, how's brother so-and-so doing? Oh, brother Donnie, I'll tell you what. He's doing so good. He has been such a blessing to me. He's been such a blessing to the church. And I said, brother, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I just saw that man about two weeks ago. I gave him the date. I said, on this date, they're fixing to split your church. Now, you know what amazed me about it was not just the man himself, but some of the people who were part of this were elders of that church. Now, how could a man like this, which sneaking around his pastor's back like a snake, tell me how that man could meet this requirement right here of being blameless, which is the very first requirement of a pastor. It never ceases to amaze me how ignorant, how ignorant 
that some people are when it comes to God's Bible. And yet we pride ourselves. We know the church ages. We know the seven seals. We know this and that and the other. And on some principles of the scripture, we're dumber denominations. Now, do we believe this is the truth or not? It ain't no wonder we've got churches in the message that don't even believe in holiness no more. Do you understand there's some of the churches in the message that don't even believe in holiness? That do not believe in communion because the Lord has already come? Some of them don't even believe in the necessity of even going to church. They don't even believe that the gospel, nobody can be saved after 63. Which means most of us are lost. Why? We got preachers wound up in the pulpit that was not called of God. Look, it wasn't enough for Paul to mention it in verse 6. He mentions it again in verse 7. For a bishop must be blameless. And as I read this again, this story come back to me because it's been one that's haunted me for years. I never knew exactly why that man ever told me that. He didn't know me really close enough to be a confidant. But I've told this story around the world. And I've wondered if that's why the Lord let me know about it. And you see it repeated over and over again. I've heard of it in Africa. I've heard of it in India. I've heard it in South America. Especially in the last six months to a year. It's like we go through cycles. And that's the cycle that the message is in right now. You hear preachers going in and causing all kinds of confusion and this and that and the other. Oh yeah, I preached on this not long ago and one of our sisters sitting here come up crying with her husband because that same thing had just happened in their country. I heard about it in Africa. I've heard about it in Europe. I've heard about it here and there and there. And yet supposed elders joining up with such a thing. Why? Don't believe the Bible. And they sure don't believe the message. A bishop must be blameless as the steward of God. Not self-willed. Not soon angered. Now remember, Titus would have went. This is what Titus went with when he started at the top and went down to the island of Crete looking for pastors of the churches. It was not if the man could sing like a mockingbird and he looked like an Elvis Presley and he had curly hair. And he had this and that and the other. If the man was a cross-eyed as I don't know what and couldn't carry a tune in a lard bucket. If the man was faithful, not self-willed, and the man was without reproach. You tell me. You tell me. How could that man that I just described to you, which did all this conniving and this evil, ever be blameless? And how could them people which had been around the message for decades... Ever want to be identified with such a man? I can tell you why for part of them. This one was going to get a position. That one was going to get one. That one was going to get one. That one was going to get one. And let me tell you the result of that man. He later backslid. 
left his wife. Don't even serve God. No more. Now I wonder where some of them elders is going to stand when they stand before God and they're going to be identified on the wrong side of that situation. Why? Why? We don't check it by this. But what do we go by? Oh, this is my friend. This is my buddy. It's uncle so-and-so. It's great-grandpa so-and-so. I don't care if it's your 13th cousin and your 14th uncle and your second whatever more. You ought to judge every man by God's word. Me included. Every preacher in this church ought to be judged by the same thing. If my life ever gets to a spot That it's not above reproach. I hope you know what to do. Have a vote. You don't remember the sermon I preached to you several years ago? How to get rid of a pastor? It's still in the archive. You can go back and listen to it. But don't ain't you scared? Nope. As long as as I live right, I ain't scared at all. It makes you wonder, friends, when the eagle anointed goes to flying in the resurrection, how many in our message churches will show up the Sunday morning after the rapture? Because we think it's enough to say, I go to a message church. I believe God sent a prophet. Every devil in hell believes the same thing. As a matter of fact, them devils are more faithful to church than a lot of you all are. They don't take vacations. (laughs) They don't find out whether I'm going to be gone or not. And it's another Dollywood weekend. Brother Donnie's out of town. They believe it. I don't want to just believe it. I want to live it, Brother Greg. I want our church to be a word church. Look, friend. I know we've heard it for years. Many of you have heard it. You've heard it and heard it and heard it. But I'm telling you, every day we're getting closer to the end. Look at our world. Look at Israel. Look at what's going on around us. We better make sure that we are built upon the solid rock of God's Word. I wonder if Paul, Peter, James, John, some of them brethren would walk into some of our message churches and say, You've got to be kidding me. This is supposed to be a message church. Stand. If you can't get up, you can just sit there. If your beat's so weak, you can't. We'll excuse you tonight. Oh my. How many loves the word? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh my. So I wonder when the eagle anointing goes to flying on the earth for the resurrection time, the dead in Christ will rise. Our loved ones will go to appearing before us. 
I wonder how many people that have sat in message churches profess to be message believers, yet in their hearts they can never really accept that word as their absolute. And some of them that accept what they think is their version of the Bible and say, well, I really don't need a prophet's quote. I really don't have to preach that. I just preach the Bible. Huh. I, I don't understand that myself. How can we understand this Bible without the inside of a prophet's message? This message does not come to give us another version of the Bible. It gives us more information about the original revelation. Don't you understand? Oh, that hit me the other day like a bolt of lightning. I nearly had an old-fashioned Holy Ghost spell. I told Carol, I want you to listen to this. I said, God never gave Brother Branham another revelation contrary to what Paul said, contrary to the Bible. It was only more information about the same thing to make it more real to us. I don't know about you. I needed more information. Brother Larry, we needed more information. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God, Brother Manuel. It gives us more information. It's not contrary to what Paul said. It's more information. Oh, hallelujah. How many wants to be an apostolic, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled Christian? Me too. Me too. Heavenly Father, these words aren't easy to bring. I know tomorrow, (laughs) oh my goodness, help me tomorrow. Dear Jesus, I pray you would help each of us. When the last sermon is preached, the last song has been sung. When the call is being made, when you're gathering your jewels, may there not be a one of us left behind, Father. Dear God, we want our church to be built upon your word. I wouldn't even know how to estimate how many churches, Christian churches, so-called, that there would be in the Tri-Cities area, hundreds if not thousands. More than likely, every one of them think they're built on the Bible. You're the judge. All of those good people go there. People don't take the rapture because they're so-called good people. They take the rapture by the word. Oh, Father, we don't want to just be good people. We want to be your people. Because when you was on the earth, you said, there is none good, not one. But I hear it so much, I get sick of it. Good people, good people, good people. Ain't none of us any good. If you don't change us. And make us like you. What in me is any good? What in any of these people is any good? Unless you make us good, we're lost. Father, we don't want the pattern 
laid across our life, our life, our humanity is the goods. And the pattern will stretch across us. And if the pattern was a handkerchief, and we come out looking like a jacket, something bad wrong. If the pattern was a jacket, and we come out looking like a handkerchief, and we say, well, we're a good person. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And yet, our lives don't match the pattern. Where will we be, Lord? Help us, Jesus. God, I pray, every man, every woman, every boy and every girl, those that are streaming tonight, those that are sick, wanted to be here and couldn't be, may you minister to every heart. Begin with me tonight, Lord Jesus. And then move to every preacher that's in this place. And every preacher that'll hear this. May we realize your prophet told us in 1965, three times in the Bible, it was an unpardonable sin to add one word of your own interpretation to a message after it had been vindicated to be the truth. So every preacher who stands behind his pulpit and adds or takes away from the message of the hour will be judged at the day of judgment. Dear God, hide me. I pray you would take me off the earth before I would fall away. Lord, I've been serving you for 55 years now. Preaching for many, many, many years. Baptized hundreds, buried hundreds, preached thousands of sermons. What good would all of that do to come down to the end and deny this word or that word or another word? Go to adding a sleeve to a handkerchief, adding a cuff, adding a collar, adding this and that and the other. Oh, God, help me. Help me, Jesus. I know you don't want us to serve you by ungodly fear. But we know that there is a fear that you want your people to have. For it is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. It's evident many of the message people have lost all fear. They'll talk about a servant of God. They'll run him down. They'll spread lies on him. And others will believe it and spread it, not realizing They're taking a knife and stabbing him in the back and they are guilty of murder. And they will stand before God as a murderer. It's evident. A lot of our young people have moved away from fear and listen to music they shouldn't listen to. They watch movies they shouldn't watch. They do different things that they shouldn't do and it don't even bother them no more. Or just wait until the next youth camp to get all fired up. But Lord, what if you come in between youth camps? We want to have a revival within us that don't tide us over from youth camp to youth camp or camp meeting to camp meeting, but it ties us over through hell. 
It ties us over from one storm to another. And if there ain't nobody else in the church having a revival, we can have it because us and God are the majority. If everybody else sleeps in church, we come to church to worship. We come to church to receive. And that's what we are going to do. Help us, Lord. We worship you tonight, Father. We bless your holy name. Fathers, we set aside these next few days to have these special meetings. Visit us in a special way, Lord. Come, dear God. Use Brother Matt to speak not only to our youth, but the visiting youth that will be with us. And the adults that will come. We're looking for you to come, Father. Pour out your spirit among us, Lord. Oh, Jesus. If there's any of our youths here that don't have an old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost, may they find it here in these meetings, Lord. Granted, I pray, dear God. Can you just reach over and take the hand of the person standing by you? And let's pray for our church here tonight, those that are visible and those, of course, that couldn't be here, sickness and whatever more. But I also want you to pray for the meetings coming up. We've got a youth service tomorrow night in the upper room. And I asked Brother Joel last night, are are you still going to have it since we're having the special meetings? He said, yes, they wanted to spend this time with you. I said, all right, we'll have it then. So remember us tomorrow night as well. And then Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Oh, praise God. Let that same power that Paul preached under. Glory to God. Any sinners, any unsaved, any that don't have the Holy Ghost, may it strike their hearts. I want you to pray now for our church body, for that person standing by you, and for these meetings that we're fixing to have, that the Lord will just pour out His presence among us. Brother John, would you come up, brother, and offer prayer for us? I want you to believe now you're not praying for yourself. You're praying for that person standing by you and for our church and for the meetings this, this weekend. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, how we love you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. How our desire, Lord Jesus, is to be close oh, to you, Lord Father. God. How our desire, Lord Jesus, is more of help you, us, Lord Father. Jesus. Oh, Father God, help we call lives, out to oh, you, God. Lord Jesus, and believe, Father, that oh, you're here, God, Lord Jesus. It, pray, Father. And you know the desire of our heart, Lord, and you're here to meet that Jesus, expectation, Lord, Father. I pray, Father tonight, God, Lord. that you would just touch May each and every Holy one, Ghost, Lord. That your Holy tonight, Spirit, pray, Lord Father. Jesus, just come down, Lord. Oh, Father Jesus, God, not only tonight, Lord Jesus, but tomorrow and through the weekend, Lord Jesus. May their hearts be prepared, Father God, to hear from you, Lord Jesus. We ask, Father God, that you would just move in a mighty way. Oh, Father God, we we pray that you would help our expectations to be so high, Lord, because we know that with expectations, Lord, you come down, Father God, and you speak to us, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus, we don't want just to chill, Father, but we want to be enveloped with you, Lord Jesus. We want to be surrounded, Lord Jesus, with your Holy Spirit, Lord, through these services, Lord. Father God, we're getting ready to leave here, Lord. We pray that you would help us gather ammunition, Lord Jesus, to fight the devil day by day, Lord. May your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus.
Jesus, give us strength, Lord. Oh, Father God, may our minds be made up, Father, for you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. May our worship, Lord Jesus, reach up to the heavens, Lord, so that you would come down amongst us, Father God. Oh, how we love you, Lord Jesus. We know, Father God, that you're more than able, Lord. And not only are you more than able, but you want us, Lord Jesus, you want us to desire, Lord, and you want to come down, Father. Give us strength, Father God. We love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, just move amongst the people, Lord. We ask you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. We worship you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any of you young people that just ought to come up around the altar now and just have a special prayer for our youth and for the youth that are coming. I'm so glad we've been able to have these meetings. Of course, we couldn't do it in the other church. We didn't have room for everybody. But I'm so glad that it's worked out where we can be able to have these meetings. We have been robbed for years of being able to host meetings. We couldn't have them. There is a blessing that comes to the host church whenever you have special meetings. And you all have been robbed of that for years. But by God's grace and mercy, now we can be able to do it. And we want to have them as often as we can. Because we not only want to receive, but we want to be a blessing to others. We want to be able to have brothers here that can come and preach. And we also want our youth to be so on fire for God. Amen. That the Lord can do something for them and through them to be able to help others. How many is that, is that your desire tonight? Brother Paul, is that your desire? The rest of you young men, you young brothers, is that your desire? You young sisters, is that your desire? You can be what God wants you to be. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands in the presence of God. Oh, touch our hearts, oh God. By your presence, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. We bless your name. Cleanse us. Cleanse my heart, oh God. If there's anything in me that's not like you, Lord, search me, Father. Oh, Lord, may you search every preacher in the building. Lord, every deacon, every trustee, the song leaders, the Sunday school teachers, all of us, Lord. May your presence, oh, Father, be able to hover near us. We need you now more than ever before, Lord God. We're not satisfied just coming to church. Oh, Lord, we want to be a people on fire of your presence. We want to be a people that has a contagion of fire that's burning within our souls, oh, Lord. Stir us, Father. Make us contagious to others. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we worship you tonight. Oh, I know it's Wednesday. I know you got to work and got school tomorrow. But you know what? There may not even be no tomorrow. Let's just worship him like there won't be. Let's just open our hearts right now. You're going to stand out there and talk a little bit after church. Let's just spend this time in his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. We bless you tonight, Jesus. There is none like you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We looked high and low. We searched in the towers of man. 
We searched to the high and lofty places and we couldn't find nobody. We couldn't find nobody that could raise the dead. We couldn't find nobody that could take a lost sinner and transform him into a son or daughter of God. We couldn't find nobody. And we ain't found nobody since. So we're going to praise you like you're the only one because we believe you are. There ain't nobody that can change lives. Lord God, every young person that walks through these doors in these next couple of days, I pray, Father, may the Holy Ghost so grab a hold to their hearts. Oh, Jesus, visit us, Lord. We're tired of just regular Wednesday night services. We're just tired of coming to church and sitting there, dear God. We want to be a people on fire, a people in love with you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. I don't want no rock crying out in my place tonight, Father. I've got my hands lifted up. I've got my voice praising your name. I don't want no rock calling out for me, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I laid part of these stones in your God forbid that one would call out because I'm too dead and I'm too quiet and I'm afraid somebody will call me a Pentecostal. Let them call me what they will. I'm going to bless the name of my Redeemer. I'm going to worship my King. Hallelujah. Why should I not? He is the resurrection and the life. He's the one that's changed us. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Sing something for us, Harry. Let's just worship him for just a few minutes, can we? Before we go. Oh, hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Lord God. Let's just raise our hands and close our eyes. Spend a few moments here in his presence. I climbed the highest mountain. Looked all around, couldn't find nobody. No, I couldn't. Went down the deepest valley. Looked all around, I still couldn't find nobody. 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 Hallelujah. I searched all over. Oh, yes, I did. Couldn't find nobody. Thank you, Jesus. High and low, high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Oh, to God. Nobody greater. Oh, let's worship Him, saints. Nobody, nobody greater. greater. Oh, nobody hallelujah. greater than you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's nobody greater.
Father, we magnify your name. We worship you 
Jesus, praise your name, Lord Jesus. your name. We worship you, living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God, we not only want our church to be built on the rock, but we want our lives to be built upon the rock. So if the gates of hell come against us as an individual, it'll not be able to shake us off. Oh, granted, Father, we worship you tonight, God. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. The more I find you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, my Father. The more I find you, Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. The, the more, more I fall in love with you, dear Jesus. Hallelujah. I wanna sing. 
I rest in your Just let him pull you up there. Maybe you got some wounds from a friend. Maybe you hold a little bit of resentment from something. Let him pull you up real close and just love that old resentment away. Love them old hard feelings. The more away. I find you. Hallelujah. Oh, the more I find you. My Lord, the more it makes me love you. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand. Lay back against you. I do, Lord. Breathe. I do, Lord. God, your heart This love is so deep. Hallelujah. Again, before we go, praise God. Let's sing it together. Lead us, Harry. The more I seek you, the more I seek you, I find a mystery. It's the more, the more I find you.
your feet drink from this cup in your hand lay back against you and breathe fill your heart this love is so deep it's more than I can understand I rest in your peace it's overwhelming Amen. Enjoy the word of the Lord tonight. Let's just sing this little chorus as you're dismissed this evening. Those that want to stay in prayer on the altar, you're more than welcome tonight to stay as long as you want. Oh, pour your spirit out on me. We'll fall just like the rain. Saturate my thirsting soul. Fall afresh on me, fill my cup again, heal my heart and make me whole. I need you now, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out on fall just like the rain saturate my thirsty soul come and fall afresh on me fill my cup again heal my heart and make me whole I need like the rain saturate my thirsty soul come and fall afresh on me fill my cup again heal my heart and make me whole I need Find my dry and broken places, thirsty for your love. Oh Lord, forgive me if I've wandered far away from. Are all I 
Yeah. 